0: Good evening, Baltimore and the surrounding area. I'm your man Hezekiah L. Montgomery, host of Man in the Mirror, with along with our co-host. Welcome back to the show, Michelle.
1: Thank you so much, Hezekiah. So glad to be here. My phone is acting like it has since today, so it's going to be a good, good show.
0: Excellent, excellent. And we would like to welcome our uh, this. Great man of God, um, Marlowe Hargrove, Senior. Welcome to the sh- uh, show, Mr. Hargrove.
2: Thanks for being able to be here, brother Hezekiah, and to your lovely wife as well. Thank you both.
0: Thank you. Um, tonight we had a great and a special guest, as we said, Mr. Marlowe Hargrove, Senior, founder of Face. Marlo has a story, and you're going to hear it right here on Man in the Mirror. If you want to chime in as we're speaking, you can do so by pressing the number one on your phone. And as always, we will begin with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just bow down as humble servants, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for our lying gun last night. And thank you, Lord, for waking us up to a day we've never seen before, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for grace and mercy, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that your mercy follow anew every morning, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for love. We thank you, Lord, for dying on a cross for our sins, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for Mr. Marlowe Hargrove, Lord, coming on to Man in the Mirror, telling us his story and telling how he reaches out to society, to every man that has been incarcerated around Baltimore and the surrounding areas, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for him being that servant that you called to do your work. And Lord, just bless this show tonight, bless those who listen to it, bless those who listen to it on demand. And we shall never give you, we shall always give you all glory, honor, and praise. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Tonight, uh, Mr. Marlowe Hargrove Sr. is a God-fearing man. He was born and raised in Baltimore City. He was orphaned early in life due to a common inner city. Issues that impacted many families by alcohol and drugs. He became part of the negative environment, which lasted for 20 years, and used his personal tragedy as a catalyst to help others get out of the trenches of the negative environment that they had found themselves in. He founded the he's founder and director of face the face program, freedom advocates celebrating ex offenders based in Baltimore City, where he strives to assist returning citizens on becoming productive members of society after, becoming, after coming home from incarceration. He provides reliable resources and temporary housing so they can be able to reestablish their lives. Mr. Marlowe, a hard senior, has been married for over 10 years and has four children, three daughters, and one son. He is a born-again Christian, praise the Lord. And he will bless you with his knowledge about life situations that had torn him apart, but with the help of the Lord, made him even stronger and stand before you today with over 15 years of clear sobriety. Well, with that said, Mr. Mr. Mister or shall we call you Marlo? With that said, Marlo, tell us your story. You know, because I know the our um, listening audience wants to know, you know, because i Mantra for man in a marriage, real people, real stories, real overcomers. So what we want you to do is tell us your story, you know, firsthand. You know, how, you know, what happened to you as you were growing up, you know, everything that actually got you to where you are right now?
2: Well, first of all and foremost, it's only by God's grace and mercy that I was saying before you to be able to present my testimony, my life story, and my trials and tribulations through life because of what God has done for me. It's nothing spectacular that I have done on my own, haven't always crossed every T, nor have I dotted every I, but the one thing I do know is because of God's grace and his mercy that I'm able to be a productive member of today's society. I'm one of those ones that you're listening to tonight who has no mother, who has no biological father, who has no biological brothers and or sisters. Uh, I was born to this world of addiction. My mom was under the influence of alcohol when I was born. My father was under the influence of alcohol when I was born. So I came out into a, a world of society as an addict came out not knowing how to become a man until later on in my life like now, but to make it in the beginning process of my life what begin to happen for me. is you're listening to someone, again, that has no mother, that has no father, that has no biological brothers and sisters, but what I've come to realize in life is, someone that you're listening to that has been stabbed, that has been pistol-whipped, that has been robbed, that has been incarcerated. All these things are a part of my life that make me the individual that I am today. See, I'm that individual when growing up that I was ashamed of my parents because they both were alcoholics. I would try to find strangers on the streets to take me to school because I was rebellious of going to school because I was so a shame of having alcoholic parents that when they became sick and they went to the hospital and told my parents if they ever stopped drinking, that they were going to die. I said, Doc, don't you mean stop drinking so they can live? The doctor said to me so clearly, he said, no, it's the alcohol was keeping your parents alive. So once he told me that I felt compelled in my early teenage years to feed my parents alcohol, I felt compelled to be able to draw closer to the streets, the crime, being incarcerated, because I didn't think that you were a man unless you went to prison. I didn't think that you was a man if you wasn't out there involved in some type of crime in society. You know, growing up, if you were going to school and if you were a straight-A student, you were someone considered as a nerd and people would tease you. So I tried to fit in with the wrong crowd, only to find out that the crowd that I fit in with was also dying off, that was also going to prison, that was also ending up losing their life, and that was also strung out off of drugs. So that became my norm. So I I, I numbed myself under the influence of drugs and alcohol so that that way I didn't have to deal with my parents being alcoholics. I'm talking about DTs, seizures, hallucinations, fall-down drunks, where you have to pick them up out of the gutter. When I get phone calls telling you got to come to this bar to pick up your mom, and it scalded me for so long that I would get teased. So what I did, I, I ran behind the selling of the drugs. I ran behind the lifestyle of addiction to so that became my normalcy. See, I came up in the projects days of Lexington, Terrace and Murphy-Holmes when the police didn't even want to come into the community because they felt like they wasn't safe. 80s, where the project days of Lexington Terrace and Mercury Homes, where we considered to be living life, we didn't know nothing about feeling to be poor. Where you can knock on the next-door neighbors and get some bars, some sugar, or bars, some eggs, and you didn't have to worry about paying rent because you can go over any individual house in the apartment complex and it was considered home. So coming up, it was a a, a time of learning how to survive rather than a time of learning and feeling like I was poor within. Time out of time, we're coming up in the project days of Lexington, Terrace, and Murphy Homes where we had the free cheese, the free butter, the free eggs, the free milk, you know, the school lunches. And we, we, we looked forward to those days. Talking about coming up in a time where we didn't have our own rooms. We were sharing rooms with individuals. We were sharing pants and we were sharing clothes. Talking about coming up in a time where we didn't have cable television. We had three channels, two, 45, and and 54. Talking about where we didn't have remote control or, or, or Internet services and we didn't have the remote to change the channel. We had to get up and turn the knob on a black and white TV, not with a knob but with a pair of pliers. We didn't have the cable antennas. We had the clothes hanger antennas. So it made me the person that I am today to really appreciate life. It made me the person today to know, but but by the grace of God, they go out. So when I see that individual that's strung out, when I see that individual that's homeless, When I see that individual who's on alcohol, I play the tape back, my own tape, and say, but by the grace of God, they go out. I see me in that individual who's incarcerated to be able to go today back inside the institutions and speak to the young generation, speak to the youth, speak to those that are out here committing crime, speaking to those who feel like they don't have no hope, who feel like giving up, because that used to be me. So I feel compelled to do what I do Because after all I've gone through God has placed me in a position To help others to come out of it too So when I see this In society that we're living in a time Where people will kill you just cause But there are also people That are killing because they want to come Out because They feel like they're caught up in a society Where they have to show and prove And make themselves fit in So when I go into these Communities and I feel the brokenness, but in the word community, there's community. There's unity. In the word neighbors, there's neighbor, So neighborhoods, there's hoods. But today is not the neighborhoods we call it and consider it to be the trap. You know, so I believe everything in life happens for a reason. I don't believe that I've gone through all that I've gone through by accident. I wasn't born at this time, but I was born at a time such as this, to show individuals, to be that deacon of life through God's grace and mercy, to help other individuals come out of it too. I am fortunate to still be here. I know people that have died doing less. I know people that are spending years of the rest of their life incarcerated. So how do you give them a message to, to help build them up or edify or empower them? By just showing up, by letting them know that the choices we make doesn't just define who we are, because good people make bad choices. It's not that we're bad people. It's the choices that we make. So I'm always willing to be in a position so that God can get the glory, because it's not about me getting credit. It's about God getting the glory. And I know that it's going to take a lifetime for me to get my life completely together, but it'll take a split second for me to mess my life completely up. I know how it feels to be hungry. I know how it feels to be penniless. I'm that individual that used to dig in the trash can that was homeless. and always wasn't like it is today. But any given second that I forget that I can be that same individual, that needs space to be occupied in a transitional house and I'm providing services for individuals coming home to. For any given second that I forget that I could be back strung out on a 20-year binge of addiction. I went to sleep when I was 15. I didn't wake up until I was 35. That's a long nap. But through that process, it wasn't just my test. It was God utilizing me for a testimony to show people, to empower people, to let them know that once we make a decision to give our life to Christ, that he takes the least of them and can turn our mess into a miracle, our hell into hope, our pain into a praise. So I am a shining light, not for the room to shine, for me, so that I can get accolades, but a shining light so that God can get the glory through my life like he provides and help for me so that I can be in position to help and provide for others. Brother Hezek, I understand that in life it isn't easy. It isn't always easy for me. Yes, I'm, I'm a director of an organization here in Baltimore, Maryland called FACE, an acronym which stands for Freedom Advocates Celebrating Ex-Offenders. F as uh, freedom, A as an advocate to be able to speak on the behalf of, C for celebrating, to be able to celebrate the fact that we are ex something, Ex offenders, meaning offenders who have done wrong. So don't weigh one way form or another, whether we went to prison or not. We are ex something, and we have always or still are doing wrong. Doesn't mean we have to go to prison to be institutionalized. We become institutionalized by the way we think our deeds and our actions. See, people try to change words and play the word game. Previously incarcerated people um, returning citizens. But we got to realize we can change the words. But are we really changing the people? And God has placed me in a position to be able to help change people because I always have to be mindful of the fact that help needs help too just as well as I'm helping others, I need help. I always ask the therapist and going through my process of help getting my mind right, and I ask the therapist with all these other individuals being in the room, here I come in and I basically land my problems down to you too. How do you cope and deal with that all day, every day? And he said so, Plessy, he said to me "You should have a therapist. And it was just so simple and plain. Every therapist should have a therapist, Every counselor should be counseled. Every case manager should have a case manager. Each minister needs to be ministered to. And, yes, help needs help, too. I may be the director of a program, but I'm also a program that needs to be directed. So overseers have overseers, and if we don't have nobody in the flesh, then we have the alternate overseer, which I have to be called, grateful to call my my overseer, is my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You know, so that's basically how the story began. And I, I'm still in position today. Faith has been in, in conception since two thousand and two. It's two thousand and eighteen. We have transitional houses from east to west. We are in position where we're opening up other houses. We just don't want to sit back and depend on grant funding. We want to be able to create our own funding, create our own jobs, create our own atmosphere, create our own everything, so that, that way when people are coming out of incarceration, we can employ them. When they're coming out, we set up to help them get GEDs, help them to get their, their driver's license, the child support payments, Expungements of different records that are able to get expunged, you know, so we don't want to sit back and and, and I say this so vivid and so complain that there are thousands upon thousands upon thousand programs in Baltimore alone, but there aren't many reliable programs. And that's the difference, reliable, where we know if we contact an agency that we can say FACE have referred this individual. They already know they're coming because they are in need of our services. People don't come into the FACE program because they have it so, quote, unquote, going on. They come because they are in need of our support. So, therefore, before prior to them coming, we've already established a relationship with them while they're already incarcerated. We're meeting with their case workers. We're meeting with their parole and probation officers that they're going to be assigned to coming out. We show up in the courtroom when they go to court. We're writing letters to the judge. We're communicating with their circle of influences. We're communicating with their family. So we're already building a rapport and a relationship so when they come out, they're not coming out when we're not setting them up for failure. And that's the key. Once we can establish and collaborate with those that have our best interests at heart, because FACE is just one entity trying to help a multitude of people, and if we're doing the work that we say we're doing to help ex-offenders or returning citizens or previously incarcerated, however we word it, then we should be able to know the resources that are reliable to help those that are in need of our support. I am blessed to be able to be in a position that I can say, once you come out, we can provide you housing. We can connect you with employment. So I asked myself and I prayed to God. I said, God, what will make faith, the director that I am, any different from any other reentry program, any other program? What will make Finguishly different? So I began to pray about it. I pulled out the God. And like they have NA, which is good for Narcotics Anonymous, and they have AA, which is great for Alcoholics Anonymous. God has created us to have a trademark for OA, which is Offenders Anonymous. And OA, Offenders Anonymous, is a trademark geared in, in, in support of returning citizens to be able to help us not just talk about our experience of going to prison, but what can we do now that we're out so that we can be a productive member of society. That's what makes us distinguishly different. There's no other offenders anonymous here in Baltimore. None. If it is, it's Overeaters Anonymous. But having a platform for ex-offenders to come out and have a safe haven where they don't have to be stigmatized of what they did in their past. And I let them know coming out, they always, we always, we always going to have an X on our back. People are not going to see us as who we are today. They're going to see us as who we were prior to us being incarcerated. That's just the way of society is. They'll roll a red carpet out for murderers, but they'll throw the book at sex offenders. Wrong is wrong. They need help too. I'm not saying I condone one or the other, but what I'm saying is there has to be a platform that can help everybody because God dare to help everybody. But we've got to be willing to help ourselves. We don't house sex offenders, but we have reliable resources where we can refer sex offenders to so that they can get the structure guidance and to be edified and empowered so that they can build themselves up and be able to help somebody for the crime that they had committed prior to being incarcerated. So I say all that to say that uh, there's a slogan that people throw so fluently, the end of the day, but by the end of the day. And I like to, to, ch- to, to challenge that and say, before we can get to the end of the day, what have we done during the course of the day is what matters the most. Because we don't get to the end unless we go through the day. We have to go through the course. It's a process. And it's a process like it is for me, and it's a process that is going to be for every, any other individual that's coming out of incarceration. We cannot come out thinking that we're going to cross every T and dot every I. We've got to come back and ease our way. Back into society We've got to ease our way And we have to take the steps That are necessary And connect with the right group of people Because everybody that's patting us on the back Doesn't mean they have our best interests at heart And everybody that's rolling out the red carpet Doesn't mean that they're rolling it out Because they want the best for us It could be that they just want the best for themselves Because there's a lot of which is going on And it's not nothing new under the sun But the people are profiting Off of people's pain We take that same pain And we help them to process Off their own pain We're not looking to build Or build people in places We're looking to build The population and the people we serve There's a charge over my life I'm held accountable Not to people But to the Heavenly Father above So I have to watch what I I have to watch where I go I have to watch what I do I have to watch what I entertain I have to even watch what I entertain Into my
1: spirit
2: I have to watch these things The word says Watch and pray And never have the righteous Been forsaken Nor seed beggars bread So I'm very firm And very keen on Being a deacon of light That God can utilize for his glory I love what I do. I'm honored. I'm indebted, and I connect myself with like-minded people that are served about helping God's people, you know, because there's someone that may be listening tonight that's tired of hearing the rhetoric. Oh, here we go again. Somebody else talking is talk, 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 meeting after meeting, meeting after meeting, meet to meet. Give out business cards and be on this radio station, this television show done there I got the book the t-shirts the cup the hat and everything to show for it been a part of the voters rights for people that have felonies to be able to vote here there's another voting election time coming up but what good is to have them to vote if they not educated on who to vote for what are we really helping them to understand if we don't understand what good is me being on a radio station if I'm on here to talk about me This is not about me. I'm just in the position that God can use. I am a servant. And faith is a ministry, God's ministry. It's not me being the director. It's being a servant to serve God's people that are less fortunate than I am and that I once was. So, Brother Hezekiah, I'm on it. I am elated that you would even take the opportunity to allow me to be on your radio station. You know, I am willing to put my life on the line for what I do. You know, I'm not just want to just talk about it tonight and then life as usual. Yes, there's a lot of change that has to take place in Baltimore. We all are aware. We 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 hear the news, the radio and television. We we are aware. If not, we naive, you know, so we all have our great things that we're doing, but how great is it if the crime rate and the things of society and people are still homeless and people are still going to prison? Baltimore has the highest rate of people that are incarcerated, and it's in the Pennsylvania North right, where the uphouse from Freddie Gray. Hello? So what has changed since Freddie Gray, had? you know, that encounter? If anything, it has gotten worse. So if we think we got it so quote-unquote going on or we got the best organizations and or we're doing a great work, I beg the differ. We're doing great work, but together we can do more. We can do more if we stop thinking about ego and start connecting with the people. A lot of the crime is the kids are crying out because they're hurting and they're doing what they see in society to fit in. But when I'm out there and I'm engaging and I'm just showing up, not just talking, but showing up, and they're like, wow, you was here last. Wow, you was here the week you was here. And they begin to, okay, this guy really, really seemed to care. You know, I'm not coming out, man, you need to stop killing. You need to get off the drugs. You need to stop taking the opiates. You need to, you need to, you need to, you need to. I'm not coming in as their father. I'm coming in as an example just to show up. And show that somebody else care. Whether if I say anything to you or not, my engagement with you. Sometimes I may be show up more than your actual father ever been in your life, and that's what they're looking for. They don't need the the parties. They don't need the the, the accolades. They need the support. Time for Amen. Us they need the support, and that's time for us rightful men, us men to take our rightful place so that we can show up for them like somebody showed up for us. Because the generation coming up, if this is the way that the generation behind us is coming up, then our generation behind us, they're doomed. They're doomed. So I hold us a charge and hold us accountable to be able to not be afraid, but to be able to be willing to die for Like Christ died for our sins. We got to be willing to die for it. If not, then we're just showing up for the moment and not showing up for the movement. We're just showing up for the moment when the camera's on and when people can see us and we can Facebook and FaceTime and put it on our social media page. But when the lights go off, when it really matters, it's back to business as usual. We out there face, like I said, we've been around Freedom Advocates celebrating ex-offenders since 2002, before the uprising of Freddie Gray and after the uprising. We're going to continue on. You know, the recession. They say is a recession. I talked about living in the projects. I didn't know what a recession was. Oh, we always considered to be poor in, but we made do. We found a way to survive through it. And if we can survive through those times and those days, then surely we can survive through this. It's going to take a willing vessel to do so. It's going to take less talk and more action. More action. Okay. So after, after tonight and, and speaking and sharing with you, Brother Hezekiah, I'm going to wake up tomorrow more if God give me the uh, ability to. I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to ask God, just use me whatever way you see fit. Just continue to use me, that they do not see me in the flesh, but they see your spirit that flows through me. Use me. I'm ready. You know, I'm ready. I got my, my life insurance. My wife and got all that taken care of. So if I have to die because of the cause, I'm willing to go tonight. I'm willing to go tonight. Wow.
0: wow. Well you're listening a lot with Man in the Mirror with our uh Guest, guest tonight, Mr. Marlo Hargrove Sr., founder and president and CEO of FACE, Freedom Advocate Celebrating ex offenders You can call in at 917-889-2271 or log in at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash man dash n dash samira. We're at our halfway mark right now. And I know Michelle had some questions because I knew it was coming, but we're going to um, have our, a few words from our sponsors, have our song, and we're going to come back with the questions because I actually wrote a book as he was talking. So with my <laughs> questions and things that I want to ask. But um, music instruction for all learners where music knows no age. If you're interested in music instruction such as piano lessons or instrumental lessons, please contact us at 443 443- 574 to set up an appointment to talk to our instructors. Another sponsor is Curvy Boss Project. Curvy Boss Project was created to empower, inspire, motivate, and change the lives of four-figured women. Curvy Chicks are boss chicks, too, not to mention beautiful, intelligent, and talented. Please check them out on Facebook at Curvy Boss Project. Another sponsor is a very talented young lady, Diana Eaton of Diana Arlena Photography. For great pictures at a great price, contact Diana on Facebook at Diana Eaton. Now, have uh, have a song, and then we will come back with some questions and answers for our guest tonight, uh, Marlo Marlo Hargrove Sr. of Freedom Advocates Celebrating Ex-Offenders.
3: did not create me to worry. You did not create me to fear. But you created me.
0: Hezekiah L. Montgomery, and co-host Michelle Johnson. We are live with Marlo Hargrove Sr. of FACE, Freedom Advocates, Celebrating Ex-Offenders. And I am going to be nice enough, and before I even go there, if, you're if you want to call in or haven't called in, call in at 917-889-2271. Or log in at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash man dash in the mirror and hear this interview. And when the interview is done, it will be available on demand within the next within 10 or 15 minutes after the 10, 10 o'clock hour. But we are just enjoying this. This man has a story, and I'm going to step aside and let the show come on and you know. Ask her questions. Um, if you're online, you can press the number. If you're on the phone, you can press the number one on the phone, and we'll, you know, put you in a queue. And I'm going to um, step aside, letting the come on with her questions if she has any.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I do. <laughs> but uh, I kind of sort of figured wanted... that. <laughs> uh, the first thing I wanted to do, for Lisa Hargrove, I just really wanted to. Thank you for telling your story and I so love your passion for this group of people that we're talking about that formerly incarcerated or like like you say, however people uh whatever name people give them. But um I just I just love your passion for the group that that you are representing, helping and, and that this um space is for and so I so, so appreciate that. I wanted to get that out of the way, first of all. And I may ask you these questions all in succession and just let you go for it because I love when you get to talking. <laughs> to God <laughs> so, be the <laughs> Thank you. So I'm just going to put this all out there, and whatever you give me is what you give me. It won't even matter. It's, it's all good. But, I one, I, want, I wanted to say that this topic itself is just, very timely. One, with the crime rate, um, the way they are definitely in Baltimore City, but not just here. You know, there's crime all over the United States, and it has been rising. And so, with this being a timely topic, um, I just happened to be, and it was so funny, I just happened to be listening to the radio today, and they they were uh, fielding a question from a young man who was recently released. And he he, was, I'm sorry, about to be released, I believe it was. And he was um, really distraught because his family had basically turned their back on him. And I know you were telling your story, so I know, you know, you had some things going on with your family life as well. But, you know, what would you, what would you say to the person who's, Currently incarcerated and coming out soon, or uh, recently released, whose family is just not there for them because of their past or because of what they've done, their family has kind of abandoned them. What do you say to them? And also, I really want to know what would you say to the family of the of the, these recently released or incarcerated men and women? That's a
2: that's a good question. One of the things. That we and I say we self-inclusive, being myself as a um, ex-offender, we have to realize that people, that family members and or those that um, know us or have known us prior to being incarcerated, they don't see us as who we are today. Meaning, if we spent let's say one year, two years, three years, six months, but they known us for. 20 years and, you know, or longer, that's what they had to remember us by. And and, and then we got to realize also, this is not my first rodeo. This probably ain't the first time this young man has been to prison. So well, I'm going to come out. I'm going to do the right thing this time. I'm not going to get in trouble. I'm going to get my life together. Can I come back and live there? And, they, and it's like repetitious, you know, do the same thing over and over and over and over again. It's like they come out, do good for a while, end up back in prison. I always tell individuals, people are not going to see us as who we are today. They see us as who we were before we left. That's the picture that we left them with. It's sad, but it's true. Again, we have to ease our way in society. When we go to prison, it's like me taking my family with me. You know, but some family members, oh, I'm glad they're and it's true. And, and and I'm not saying this to sound harsh. They're like, I'm so glad he incarcerated or she incarcerated because at least I can sleep peaceful tonight and not getting that phone call saying so-and-so just died.
3: Mm-hmm. I know where they're
2: at. They locked up. They're they in a confined space. They're not getting out, and I know where they're at so I can get some rest the reality wow. that's the reality of it when I had took, taken myself away from my family and I went to prison it's like they went to prison too I'm calling collecting I ain't no money I'm, I'm running a phone bill up can you come mm. and visit you know mm-hmm. can you
3: mm-hmm. give me some,
2: some commissary you know that means some money to get some food items soap, the order that you pay whatever other cause may be so it's like they ain't locked up with me. And that's the picture that we leave them with. So we have to change the dynamics. And how do we change the dynamics? Again, with the Offenders Anonymous, we're teaching them a new way of life. We're teaching them some life skills where they not can come in and depend on their family to take care of them, but teach them how to become self-sufficient, self-sustainable. You know, we're going to teach you how if you need a GED, if you, if you know you how what's you your life skills, you know, what are your tricks? what are you good at, what are your strengths, you know, not just laying around thinking that you're going to come into a transitional setting, transition is to help you to get where you are, to get where you need to so eventually you can put your key in your arms. And that's the reality of it. They're not going to see them as who they are. I went through it. My family—they didn't even—they fed me bag lunches and put it on the front porch. I couldn't even come in the house because I had the mindset: if I come in, what can I steal? Mm. You know, so mm. I had to—I had wow. to build it. Yeah, they fed me through a, a paper bag and put it on the front porch. And my mindset: if I get in this house, I'm going to steal something to support my habit. You know, so that's uh, how I can answer that question is don't expect that everything is going to be the way that we want it to be, accept it the way that it is. But eventually if we do the right thing, those that really care about us, will see the change, and then they can begin to feel comfortable enough to help us. But it's going to take some time. It's a process.
1: It's a process. I hope that answers your question. <laughs> definitely, and, and, and actually, yeah. I like the way that you answered it because you're looking from the side of the person who's either incarcerated or or coming out, which, like you said, that's the side you know. Yes, and so you can speak well yeah. about it, but just the, to tell them to be patient, I think that's very good. I, That's definitely good advice, I would say. You know, to just to be patient because sometimes we as people we don't accept the consequences well of the situations that we may have brought on ourselves. Sometimes. That's it. That's it. Yes. That's so it's not... that. Yeah. it's about that.
2: It's like, oh, you know, I'm in jail, you know, uh, the police did this, you know, my judge, oh, I got to go see my probation She hard on me, but not looking like you just said, the part that we played. They didn't come knocking on the door. The judge didn't come from behind, you know, the, the stand and say, come on, let me send you in my courtroom. It's something that we did that led us to be in front of that judge, to be with that probation officer. To have that mistrust from our family, then it gets to a point where you're up in your twenties, or thirties. You should be at a place in your life. Now you gotta be, be a man. You gotta man up. You gotta man up. It's like what you bring into the table. You wanna eat, okay? You can teach a man how to how to eat for a day and give him a fish, but you teach him how to fish, he can eat for a lifetime. We're trying to teach Amen. men how
3: to. We're trying mm-hmm. to
2: teach men how to fish. Not giving them a – we're not giving you anything. We're not giving you. You got to earn this. You broke law. You know how to go out there and hustle. You did what you did to end up in prison. Now you got to do what you got to do to stay out here. You got to earn it. You got to hustle. You got to make it happen. But do take those same skills and assets you did to break law. Reverse it. And utilize that because you can't say, well, I don't have no skills. I never had a job. You out there selling drugs, you know how to sell drugs, you know. So if you know how to sell drugs, then you know how to have a business mindset of what you thought would keep you out of prison. That ain't working for you. You got to find another hustle. You got to find another hustle. So we, we tap into individual strengths. You know, well, I like to draw. I like to speak. I'm, I, I know how to rap. So if that's the case, then we connect you with people that can help build your assets so that that way it can help you where you're not feeling like you're just being set up for failure. We're not going to give you or send you to the bank and you have a whole bunch of uh, bank robbery charges on your record. We're going to put you in a position where we know around some people that have gone through it who have experienced it. Offenders Anonymous sets the platform for those that have gone through the lifestyle and in positions now to help people to come out of it, such as myself. So, again, I have other people that's passionate like I am that's waiting. Okay, you got 15 young brothers. Let's get them in a circle and see which ones out of that 15 are really ready because some of them aren't ready, but those that are, we're going to help them, and those that aren't, we hope that you succeed and make it, if this may not be the time, if you happen to go back, or the reality of, is you may die out there. That may be your choice, but if you choose to die, then let's set the platform so that at least you can be buried. At least we can wow. set it up so that you can be buried. Let's make, let, let you die in dignity. Let's die with some dignity if that's the route you want to go. Don't just die and you jaw and dough. That's the life you want to live. If you want to spend the rest of your life in prison, then don't allow your family to suffer with you. Let's set that up for you. That's your life. You lived, you died. Okay? That's what you want. We're not going to try to make you do anything you don't want to do. You have to be willing to want to change. And if you're willing to want to change, then we're going to put you in a position to do so, and the rest is up to you. It's real simple. Like they say, you can lead a horse to the water but you can't make them drink. And make them drink. drink, yeah. That's it. You wow. You,
0: can, you you, gotta you gotta shoot it. straight from the
2: hip. Straight to the hip. You kind of want it like I wanted it. I did, I, you heard me say my mom and dad, they passed. My mom was 34. My mom was 34 oh, years old when she passed away. My father was 40. I outlived both of them. I'm 45 with no mother, no father, no brothers, and no sisters. Today I have unified you two. This you're my sister, and you're my brother. Both in Christ. So Amen. the reality of it is that I can't expect for you all to do for me what I'm not willing to do for myself. You gotta want it. Not only do you want it, you gotta take the necessary steps to make it happen. Again, that's why I mm-hmm. said you gotta be willing to die for it. You gotta be willing to die for it. And if you're not willing to die for it, then you're just showing up to show up. When they ask me, like you ask me, can, can you show up? I'm there, you know, but I'm looking at what's the benefit of it, not just me to show up to talk. I'm tired of talking. I'm tired of showing up for meetings at the meeting. Then you don't see the people to the next meeting. But I want to say something and be so straightforward to the hip that if I say something and I speak, that they to say this brother is serious about his business, serious about it, because I know that, people are tired of the smoke screens. We're tired of it. I'm tired of it. <laughs> you know, so I connect myself with like-minded people that are serious about the lives of people and that are willing to help them help them change themselves and I'm willing to do whatever I can in reason to help them to do so, but I know I cannot do it alone. But I know I connect myself with like-minded people that's willing to help them. If I say this brother needs help Everybody that comes through our program Doesn't come through because they cross Every tear, die, every eye They came through because their life has become Unmanageable And by their lives being unmanageable It's incumbent upon me to help them To help them manage it Does it always Amen. work out? No <laughs> Does it always work out? No But I'm going to give them the necessary tools As God has helped me I'm going to help them you know, that's that's the best advice I can offer, and I and I say this so so um profound, and, and definitively, I, I I'm a I'm a straightforward person. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna condone no BS. I don't use profanity, and it never gets me to the point where I I I, I want to, but I, I'm not. And I say that to say this: if they're not serious about getting help, then please don't contact me. It's okay. Mm. If you're not serious about changing your life, please don't. And it's okay. But if you are serious and and you have that zeal and the drive and the willingness to do so, I'll show up wherever you are. You ain't even got to find me. I'll find you. If you're in the prison, Mm. we'll come to the prison. If you need, uh, let's say, somebody to write you or visit you or show up in the courtroom, we have relationship with judges and parole agents and, and the police department of Baltimore and the Mayor. We have relationship with these folks. But again, we have the relationship with it, it has become the mistrust between this population and the politics and the mayor that they know it's a trust issue. But I'm so mm-hmm. glad that we have relationships on both sides, that we are able to show up in any arena and be welcome. Not because we're taking sides, because we're firm. And we're going to do the best that we can do to serve the population that God has charged us to call to help, along with getting the help that we need to do so. We're not chasing Amen. grant money. We're not chasing grant money. We're not bagging. We're building. Again, I say that. We're not bagging. We're building. So I tell people to line up. Now get behind us, like we're in charge. Line up, and let's do it together. There's strength in numbers, but only line up if you're serious for the movement, and not just for the moment. That's my Amen. story. it. And
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> you yes. stick to it.
0: Well, I had a couple forward. of questions. That I knew. Are you finishing the show, or can I ask a couple? You know.
3: Please, <laughs> be my <death>. guest.
0: <laughs> not a problem. Um, I like what you said. We're
2: going to need a part two after this, huh? Yeah, (laughs) we are going to need a part two. I was
0: thinking about that. But we may just do a part two. But um, I like what you said earlier because I'm about to say this one statement. What you basically were saying is, and I wrote this in my book, Um, Mm -hmm. when you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, then you change. Nobody yes. can make you change, and I like you to shoot straight, but if you don't really want to change, don't come to me. I, I'm not. You know, you're, you're wasting people's time. And so that's basically what you're saying. If, if you're you're not sick and tired of being sick and tired, go ahead. Keep playing. Yes. Keep playing yes. the devil's game because it all is the devil's game.
3: But when hey, you matter. finally
0: get sick and tired of being sick and tired, then call me because I and my contacts and my relationships will help you out if you need me. But don't waste yes. our time because if they waste your time, that time could have spent with another brother or sister Amen. who needed help. Because a lot of people think it's just men that get in trouble. Women get in trouble too. So you oh, know, yes. you know, it's a, it's all it's a it's not, you know, when it comes to incarceration, no no respect to person. <laughs> it's no yes. respect to person. But also, yeah. I like what you said earlier when you said, "Sin is sin." Um, again, this is a scripture I use widely. Um, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's no yeah. perfect sin. Is when that well, they did this, yeah. they're wrong. They did this, they're wrong. Every every we sin every day, but society yeah. has put parameters on well. This sin is worse than that sin. Okay, well, if I steal a penny and don't repent and die. I'm going to hell. That's just the truth. Sin is sin, and an unrepentant. I didn't ask for forgiveness, and that's it. It's stealing. And then you went into you mentioned that we are all ex something. You know, you know, just because you, you know, just because we're ex offenders, that doesn't mean you know we got caught or got caught up in what we were doing. But there are people out there who haven't gotten caught, or who you know, who haven't you know. We're all ex-something, you know. Amen. So, you know, people have to get that mentality is, you know, there's people out there doing white-collar crimes. It's a crime Mm -hmm. because of what it is, you know, embezzlement, knowing how to, you know, steal money from through computer fraud, all that stuff. You know, so we're all ex-something. But, you know, offenders are people who have just gotten caught. Yes, you know, nine yeah. times of ten, you know, if you would have stopped a long time ago, you wouldn't have got caught, but you decide to, you know, push the envelope. And that's what we do. We want to push the envelope to see, hey, how far can I go with this? or we just get greedy with what's going <laughs> on, or we just get caught up. And I we're know. all human. Um and uh you also mentioned um uh, inst- being institutionalized by the way we think. You know, you may not be in the institution, but by your thoughts, you are institutionalized. And, um, you know, and I like what you said about that because people don't think about that, that you're thinking, and um, I forgot her name, but it had come to me. She wrote a book called The Battle is in the Mind. Mm. And, um, you know, when we come to life and, you know, what we go through, the, battle, the the devil gets in our mind. That's it, you know. And we there's confusion. He's out there causing confusion. He you know he wants to imprison people in prison and also imprison people in their mind. Some people Amen. are better off, you know. You know it's it's worse to be instit- uh, institutionalized in your mind, and you're not you're even locked up. That's the worst yep. thing. You're not locked yep. up, but you're institutionalized in your mind that you're stuck. Joyce My Joyce Myers Joyce. wrote that book. About, about Joyce Myers, you know, the battles in the mind. When Satan gets you in your mind, that is the worst kind of feeling because he has gotten you thinking that you're no good. You know, you know, Brother Marlowe couldn't get anywhere, you know, you know, Brother Hezekiah couldn't get anywhere. But if it wasn't for the grace of God, the mercy of God, he doesn't want anybody left out. But uh, you know. And uh, the final thing I want to um, just mention that I liked about what you said is everybody. when you go to a therapist, a therapist, every therapist has a therapist. Every counselor mm. needs a counselor, you know, because yeah. when you, as you said, when you're listening to everybody, it's almost like um, the hot water heater has a pressure gauge. So when that pressure gets too high, that pressure needs to be released. Mm-hmm. You know, it gotta go somewhere It it's gonna explode. So yeah, the pressure needs to be released. So when a therapist has that, you know, a therapist needs somebody, you know, mm-hmm. you know, to listen to them because they didn't listen to all these people around them that they were helping. And you you put it this way, help needs help.
3: You know, so,
0: Absolutely. you know, you, you you drafted a lot of things, you know, in this, you know, one hour that we've had, yeah. and um and I enjoyed it because you lived a life and you're out there helping people, but the thing you yeah. do is you, you're you going to help them only if they really want to help, and I like that yeah. way you shoot straight from the hip, they may not like it. But you know, the, you know you know you know game and that's the best thing. Game knows gain. You know, when they, they come win. in, you say, Well, when are you gonna stop? You've been in there, you keep coming in, going out, you're going in, going out, but you that's a waste of people's time and money. Amen again, that's a waste of people's time and money. You can't keep saying, I want help, but you keep getting back keep getting locked up. That's amen. What's the what's the definition of insanity? keep doing the same thing, expecting different results. That's insane. Yeah. But again, you know, you know, you said you, you, are honest with them. And that's they can't disrespect you. All they know is, well yeah, he's been through this, so he knows gain those gains. Either you're gonna let us help you or you're gonna stop wasting our time. And that's what you that's basically what you're saying, because you're not gonna waste my time when I could be helping another brother who has uh, issues and problems as well.
2: Amen. Wow.
0: But you know, like I said, I, I love I love the interview. I love the information that you put out there. Um, tell people how they can get in contact with you.
2: Well, we can be reached two ways. Well, three actually. We can be reached by way of um, telephone. We have a office number which is four one zero five two two face the letters F A C E, which numerals are three two two three. Four one zero five two two three two two three. We also have a website which is www.facebaltimore, all one word facebaltimore.org. O R G, which is short for organization. There's a PayPal link as well for those that may want to donate or contribute any type of um, donations. We are a 501c3 nonprofit, tax-deductible organization. Also, we have a Facebook page, and it's basically um, FACE, Freedom Advocates Celebrating Next Offenders. They are the three ways that they can be reached, that we can be reached. And um, please, I encourage anyone that want to donate and or contribute um, any items, toiletry items, you know, anything to help those coming home because we do welcome home um, packages as well to help. Returning citizens, slash ex offenders, slash previously incarcerated persons, um, please feel free to reach out to us. We're looking forward to all the support and help that we can get to continue this movement moving forward. And um, I thank you in advance for your support.
0: Amen. Amen. And I will, for one sidebar, yeah, I remember those days when we got the free cheese too. So, you know, it did <laughs> us some good. So I was way back home too. Yeah. That's all, I, that's all I'm going to say We yes. were looking forward to it yep.
2: They made the best yes.
0: grilled cheese sandwich There was way back
2: when oh my goodness no, That's a sideball conversation. That's another home <laughs> 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 Oh man
1: Any, um,
0: any closing remarks Michelle
1: Yes actually I just wanted to thank um, Some of our guests who were very interactive In the Facebook chat room Today Uh, Diane Harris Minister Diane Thank you for being so interactive in the chat room Today and definitely um, Van Meadows Who made this comment that I love So I had to start talking to him In the the Facebook chat He said he used to look up to this Cool cat in elementary school Oh
3: my god Way back He remembered
1: the Keys then He (laughs) remembered
2: the keys Yes
1: so Amen. Just, just wanted Amen. to thank um the the uh interactive guests in the chat room today. I love chatting with the with the guests when you're listening in. So definitely if you're listening in to any show, join us in the Facebook chat group and and uh we'll definitely respond back to you and chat with you while the show's going on. Amen. Amen. So Amen. thank you, Mr. Hargrove. Definitely. We appreciate you being here today, and definitely appreciate you being a positive force here in Baltimore and being influencer for those who really, really need you.
2: Amen. And pray my strength to continue to the movement moving forward as I continue to pray your strength as well. Uh, we need each other. So thank you.
1: Amen. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: We'd like to thank all of you who have been listening in to Man in the Mirror. Um, Mr. Hargrove has truly blessed our souls this evening with this story. Marlowe is now part of our Man in the Mirror family. Amen. We yes. do appreciate you, being joining our family. We are brothers and sisters in the Lord. And, again, we will have a part two. Because, you know, yeah. we definitely have to have a part two. You'll be like the second or third guest that we had to have a part two in. But that's good mm-hmm. because that that truly shows us that, you know, God is working in everybody's lives no matter where you are. And this will be my last comment because you, kept, you did say something that reminded me that uh, you will go wherever they at. And we did a oh, show yeah. uh, a while ago called Jesus Meets You Where mm-hmm. You Are. And you are are. truly doing what the Father has told you to do. You're not going to say, well, um, I'll call you back because, you know, I'm tied up right now. You you don't put (laughs) boundaries on yourself. And I I appreciate that because you're saying that I'm going to meet you where you're at because this is how serious it is to you. And, again, this is going to be a part two on this show because the Lord has given me a lot as we're speaking, as I've been listening. Lord has put a lot of things in my heart. So we're definitely going to have a part two of this show. But again, we truly thank you. Thank all of you that have been listening tonight. It's going to be on demand within the next 10 to 15 minutes. Um, I'm going to continue just keeping you in prayer. You keep us in prayer here on Man in the Mirror. um, Oh, yes. This is Hezekiah Hezekiah, uh, Montgomery signing off. And as always, We'll see you at the mirror.